You are listening to Wow Wish Only Well Radio with your host, Siobhan Gross, marriage and family therapist, inspirational coach, and motivational speaker. Wow Radio Show is designed to encourage, inspire, and motivate you to be the best version of yourself. My guests and I come to educate and uplift. We come to Wow to help you get on and stay on your road to greater. Today is a good day to Wow. Wish only well all across the world. Let's go. Wherever you are in the world, good day, good people, good day, and welcome to Wow. Wish only well radio show where I am your host, Trevon Gross, marriage and family therapist, inspirational coach, and motivational speaker. You know what we do on, you know what we come to do, guys. We come to Wow. And by Wow, I mean to wish only well all across the world. Listen, my special guest and I, who is already in the studio with me, Today, we have come to wish only wellness as we celebrate, um, as we bring awareness to mental health. Um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I have a very special guest in the studio with me, and she is going to share her wisdom um, with with us tonight, with us today. So let me introduce to you, because I am so excited to get the conversation started with this special young lady that I have in the studio with me uh, today. And so let me tell you who she really is. She's very special to me because she is my colleague. We serve on the same team. And so I am so happy to have her with me. So my very special guest in the studio with me today is none other than the fabulous and the phenomenal, the awesome Jessica N. W. Scott. She's an education specialist. So listen, guys, let me tell you a little bit about Jessica. Let me uh, give you some information on her because she is just awesome, all around awesome. Yes, she is. So Jessica N. W. Scott, EDS, has a passion for educating and equipping people with life tools to enhance their quality of life through solution-focused reality, reality and cognitive behavioral therapy modalities. She's along my line. I love it. More specifically, she enjoys working with children and helping them to express themselves through the natural language of play as they navigate from childhood into adulthood. Jessica strives to give a voice to and be an advocate for children. In her advocacy, she desires to help adults remember that children are people that deserve love, respect, and to be heard. So Jessica firmly believes that childhood experiences mold thought processes and or carry into adulthood. With this belief, she endeavors to educate and equip children to help them process and express their emotions with any circumstances that arise throughout their lives. Also, in working with adults, she believes in helping to identify key experiences from childhood that influence any negative patterns of behaviors working to improve them through newly acquired education and life tools. Two of Jessica's favorite quotes for life are, number one, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. It's a disputed source. Her other favorite quote is, your present circumstances don't determine where you can go. They merely determine where you start. Okay, and that's Nito 
Foyen being, I probably messed that up. But anyway, guys, without further ado, I'm ready to get conversation started. So without further ado, let's welcome to the studio the fabulous, the phenomenon, my colleague, Jessica Scott. Welcome, 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 Jessica. Thank you so much. I am so glad to have you with us here tonight, you know, on the um, WOW radio show, um, to hear your perspective, um, you know, in regards to, you know, we're celebrating Mental Health Awareness Month here on um, WOW, not just celebrating, but more of like bringing awareness um, to, um, you know, I know that May is the month that's designated, but we need to always have conversations about mental health. And a lot of times when we talk about mental health, we talk about from the perspective of adults, right? And we often leave out the children, but it's very important that we include them in too because they have a voice as well and their voice need to be heard. They have mental health needs as well and we need to make sure that we are taking care of their mental health. So listen, let's get the conversation started here, Jessica. Right. Oh, listen, I left out purposely some of the stuff that you had uh, included in your bio um, um, because I wanted you to share with the um, the listeners um, um, about a little more about who you are and how um, you um, found your passion and your purpose, um, you know. So, uh, so let's just tell the audience a little bit more about you in terms of your education and how you found your passion. I believe it started in high school, right? It did. Um, excuse me. Actually, 11th grade, grade psychology, psychology class. class. I uh, didn't really know what I was getting into with that class, but once I took that class, um, a lot of things made sense for how I am and who I am. I've always been a person who loves to observe people. I've been, um, I was the kid that was the quiet kid. And so I saw a lot of things, um, and I still like that to this day. I see a lot of things. I may not speak on them, but I see a lot of things. Oh, yeah. So at one point, you know, I was thinking, oh, I should be a detective because I see so many things. Mm-hmm. But um, as time evolved from the class, I really connected with the study of people and how people's mind works, how their brain works, and why people do the things that they do. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. You know what? I say that same thing, too. I was thinking that to myself. I said, you know, I see a lot of stuff, and sometimes I think about speaking on it, but I'm like, no, because it's kind of like giving up my right, my that, that secret power that I have. Like, I know a lot of things, um, but I choose to, I don't choose to speak on everything that I know. So, yeah. So that's awesome that your passion and purpose started about like mine, you know, you were in the 11th grade and um, in a high school psychology class when you found your passion and your purpose. Then you went on to Georgia Southern University in Statesboro, right, and you graduated with a bachelor's degree in psychology, then went on to earn your master's degree uh, in education school um, counseling uh, from Fort Valley State University. Uh, And finally, you attended the University of West Georgia where you earned your specialist of education degree in professional counseling and supervision. Um, And it's just awesome to hear and to to know that you've been working professionally with children since 2003. Right. So what what is your current role, Jessica, as you work with children? My current role is school counselor. I'm actually at a high school. 
Okay, so you're working. Oh, you're working with the older, um, you know, kids. This is the tough population. High school. There's a lot that goes on in high school. A lot that children are confronted with as they're, you know, coming into their own. Um, and my mom used to say, uh, "Smelling themselves," um, <laughs> you know, is is what she used to call it uh, back in the day. But it's really, you know, with them trying to find their identity. Um, and there's just so much that's happening in the world today that really kind of influenced. Um, a lot of the things that they experience, you know, in their world. Um, so do you want to share with the listeners about your experience with working with high schoolers and if there's anything particular that you feel that we need to know? Okay, so, okay, so my experience, of course, um, has been unique because I actually um, basically started when, when the pandemic happened. I had about four months of normal, what you would call school setting. And then March 2020, everything changed. It was a pandemic. And so pretty much life as we know it, education as we know it, stopped. And so the one thing that I've noticed that I think a lot of adults hadn't really thought about is the major impact that it's had on children in their lives. Um, They basically have missed a year and a half of schooling. And we know that every child is required by the state to go to school. And so it's a part of their life for 13 years from pre-K up to senior high school when they get ready to graduate is what they do. It's their work. Their education is their work. And so they get a routine every day. And when that routine came to an abrupt stop, it really shook their world. Like it, um, I had the opportunity to help students with their scholarship essays in particular and reading some of their essays and their COVID-19 experience. Um, it made me really realize, even though I'm, I've been cognizant of it, I did not have the full scope until I read the essays of how the kids felt. Um, had one kid in particular, the pandemic started their sophomore year, so they basically missed their whole half of sophomore year and their entire junior year because we were in and out of the school, virtual school, everybody was shut down, you didn't have contact with people, because we didn't know what this COVID thing was doing. People were dying. So I've had a lot of students to experience a lot of death. And if mm-hmm. you think about it, death is hard on anyone. Yeah. Kids with developing brains, it's literally they're unable to process some of that stuff. Developmentally, they cannot process it the way adults do. And, you know, for us, when grief starts, grief is an ongoing process. It's not something that starts and then you just get over it. It's continued for the rest of your life. And so for these kids, it started a lot earlier for them to deal with so much death in such a short period of time and have their routines and their worlds turned upside down. Um, In general, you know, you lose someone. Typically, you kind of try to get back to normal life some and do things to kind of help you cope and kind of distract yourself while you're getting to a place where you're where you're healing some and you're in a better place, the kids didn't have that opportunity. They literally had to sit at home in their grief. And not only were they grieving their relatives from death, they were also grieving their social lives. They were grieving their routines. There was a lot of grief going on and there's still a lot of residuals that we're dealing with that I'm seeing within the school system um, with these teens. And I got to hand it to them. They're handling it better than I would think a lot of people would, but it's still very tough on them. 
And so oh. it's, it's, it's hard work. Yeah. Oh, definitely, for sure. And I'm glad that you mentioned that in terms of identifying the losses that um, uh, these children um, have experienced because a lot of times when we think of grief, you know, we think of grief in terms of actually the loss of a loved one, like death, right? But grief is really any significant loss, right? And it could be, like you mentioned, you know, the loss of freedom, um, you know, and so um, that's real helpful. Um, you know, for it's real good for people to have an understanding of that, right? So um, because then you have a bigger picture of just um, how impactful um, that loss is, right? And and the the depth of their grief that they're actually going through, because it's not just about the loss of life, but also the other things that they lost. So it's like that grief is compounded because it's more than one thing that, you know, they've lost within this time period. So, yeah, I think that, that was a good point that you brought that out. Yeah. So what do you think of some things that parents can do in terms of uh, making themselves available or, you know, what do you think uh, parents need to be aware of? Um, I would say one thing that I notice the most is um, a lot of the kids seem to try to hide how they authentically feel. Mm-hmm. And I think that might stem from, you know, being raised in a world where social media has been there there their entire lives. And social media kind of tells you how you should be, how you should look, appear, um, what feelings you should have, that type of thing. And so it is important to for parents to continually reemphasize to their kids, this age or younger, that I'm here for you, you know, I love you, I'm not here to judge you, because a lot of times I think that's one of the biggest fears is for them to be judged, for them to make a mistake. Um, that has been a big thing. My teens at this high school are afraid to make mistakes. And I think that's because of the things they see on social media. You only see good things on social media. You rarely see where people are making mistakes and things of that nature. Everything appears to be perfect. And so they get this idea in their mind from young that I have to be perfect, and if I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to reveal my downfalls and my vulnerabilities to anybody else because I'm going to disappoint my parents. So for the parents to just emphasize, you know, I'm proud of you, um, Thank you for trying your best because, you know, sometimes we can get caught up and, you know, I want my kid to be the best sports-wise, academic-wise, all of these things, but sometimes the best is not going to be the top, but your child did their best. And so kind of emphasizing that what you giving your full effort is important and that is something for me to be proud of wherever that falls on the spectrum. That's good that you said that. That's real good right there. And I think that last part where you um, were talking about, um, you know, identifying like the strengths and pointing out the positives because we're so quick to hone in on the negative. We're so quick to hone in on what children are not doing. Um, And um, we neglect sometimes to focus on the things that they are doing. And, um, you know, and to let them know that we see what they are doing, the positive things that they're doing. Because even, you know, we hear in conversations and, you know, TV, you know, people talk about, you know, they put down the children and say, you know, 
they have no respect, no, you know, different things that are said about the kids in a negative light. So I think it's important that, you know, we build the kids up from let's point out what their strengths are and let's continue to help them build from that. Um, because there there are so many negative influences, um, just so much that they have to deal with in general. You know, we have, you know, the bullying and, you know, all of the violence and just, you know, seeing this. I mean, they hear it all the time. It's violence and rap music, violence and music, period, violence on TV, um, you know, even, you know, we're seeing violence from, you know, in, you know, in society from, people, um, you know, that are supposed to be, you know, to protect um, us. And so there's just so much that they have to contend with. And I think that it's important that we as parents or we as adults begin to have conversations um, with our children. Like, this needs to be conversations happen, happening daily. I know we've gotten away from, you know, eating dinner, um, all sitting down at the table eating dinner. Um, and whatever, and that used to be the time where families would have these conversations and do check-ins, but we've got to get back to that. You know, we've got to figure out how to have these conversations so that we're checking in um, and that we are really uh, paying attention to um, what our children are into, what they're actually doing. You know, you know, they we allow children to stay up in their room, you know, to be, you know, I isolated in their rooms as they, you know, get on social media and, you know, whatever they're doing. But we have to be in tune to what actually is going on with them. Um, yeah, because it's just so much that's going on in this world. Yep. And you mentioned social media. Now, social media is a big, big thing right now, um, you know, of course, with the kids, not just with the kids, with everybody. So what are your, what is your take on, you know, social media and how it has impacted acted um, or influenced um, of, of children, and I know you kind of mentioned it as, as you were describing, as you were talking about um, some of the things that the children have encountered in terms of how they feel that they have to be perfect, um, and so that's, woo, that's real impactful. So tell, tell us about that. Okay, so yeah, um, the one thing that I had to think about and reflect within myself is, you know, older generations, my generation, grew up with a lot of technology that was not in place yet. Um, so, you know, when you don't have it, you are more creative. You are able to work through problem-solving skills better. You're able to develop critical thinking skills better. And a lot of those things kind of fall to the wayside because of the convenience of technology. Mm. Um, technology is fantastic. It's needed. Look, we're in a point now where we need it, um, but it literally is now, you know, one-year-olds and two-year-olds get their first electronic device. And, you know, they're still, developmentally, they have a limited vocabulary. Their vocabulary might be 20 to 50 words, you know, and so they're not speaking a lot. They're still absorbing and learning around about life around them. And so social media and technology has a big influence to teach children how they should be. At least that's what it looks like because developmentally they're not able to distinguish this is just for entertainment versus this is real life. Mm -hmm. And so it is important for parents to allow kids to have the knowledge of technology but also teach them how to have balance in their life, to put the devices down, to do something to challenge yourself, 
that does not use technology um, to keep their problem-solving skills and their critical thinking skills sharp, to be able to allow them to develop fully into, into what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to be as a person. Because um, like I said, I've seen a lot of frustrations with kids. They give up really easily because they just can't take the pressure of doing something and failing when we know that most successful people have failed multiple times on end but the difference is my generation and older, we didn't have it recorded everywhere. Yeah. Now everything you do is recorded in some kind of way. You can make a mistake on spelling online and somebody's gonna come in and screenshot it or somebody is gonna come in and start criticizing you immediately and it's just a regular human mistake. You know, people make mistakes. And so they just really feel like I can't make mistakes because I'm gonna face this scrutiny and criticism online. Once it's on the web, you can't take it away. Like, you can't get rid of it. Mm -hmm. You can delete it, but somebody, guarantee, has already screenshot it, saved it, messaged it, or done something of that nature. Wow. You're absolutely right about that, you know? You're absolutely right about it. Wow. So, you know, children are generally labeled, you know, and I think that uh, it's usually like always something else before it becomes a mental health issue, right? Like, for example, like it's, you know, we, we'll say that a child is a behavioral problem or the child comes from a broken family, right? So, therefore, we make it something else when, in fact, it may be that the child actually have a um you know some some mental health challenges that may be may be going on, and what you see outwardly is a result of that right um of of them needing to because you know just depending on ch- children don't always have the verbal capacity they you know to really say um like we have like what really is going on, and what I'm actually finding too is that a lot of adults don't actually know they they have problems recognizing um mental health issues issues is is always something else. So they try to make it be something else. Um, if nothing else, they may notice that they feel different or something is quite different, but not be able to actually be able to label or to put um to I guess to to uh, actually say what it actually is. Um so what is your takeaway um in reference to that? Um that is one of the things I I have noticed there has been an uptrend in people paying attention to mental health, um, especially with me working with children, I've noticed now there are concerned parents yeah. who are paying attention to their children, and they're like, listen, I don't know any, if anything is wrong, but I want to make sure nothing is wrong. So introducing their children to therapy early and letting them know it's not a stigma, there's nothing wrong with going to therapy, there's nothing wrong with talking about your problems, working, helping, having someone to help you work through whatever it is that's going on. It could be nothing or it could be something. And if it's something, that professional can help you navigate mm-hmm. through that. Wow. You know, and that's good. You know, we, you know, a lot of times we talk about all the negative things that came about as COVID, but I also think that um, COVID was also one of the reasons why we've started to focus so much on self-care and taking care of ourselves, not just our physical being, but also our mental and emotional health. Um, I think that we've, uh, a lot of that was birthed um, 
out of that. I mean, we've had some issues already that was kind of, that was going on, but I think because COVID just put everything at a standstill and people really began to realize that what they were doing wasn't really healthy in the way that they were feeling, you know, and then came about all the commercials and the athletes started coming out and started you know, starting to say, you know, um, that they were uh, not okay. And and so, and I think that helps. So having these kinds of conversation and people being verbal about, I may look this way, um, I may present um, like I'm well, you know, but in fact, I may struggle, right? And so I think all of that has been helpful too in terms of, of, education, um, which is what we were missing for a long time, the education about mental health, um, the availability of resources. These were things that have hurt our children in the past uh, mm -hmm. and that kept them from being able to get the help that they need. Um, and then, of course, you will always have the stigmas that are associated with, with mental health. But again, I think because we're having these kinds of conversations and people are coming out, I'm think we are beginning to destigmatize. Um, you know, therapy isn't for crazy people. Um, you know, or people will think I'm crazy if I, you know, you know that word, you know, we don't tell our business the shame and the guilt and the condemnation around, um, you know, seeking out uh, mental health services. So, um, so Jessica, if you could think, what is the man as we wrap up here? I mean, when we get into these conversations, you know, it just tends to go so fast. But what is the main main thing that you would want parents to know uh, about mental health as it pertains to children? Um, I, I think one thing, the first thing that comes to my mind is give yourself grace as a mm. parent. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that is something that happens, the parent guilt, when you're not sure. Um, my dad has always said children don't come here with a manual, mm -hmm. and so we know that. So, you know, give yourself grace as a parent, but if you're not sure, make sure to reach out to your resources just to check. It's better to be safe and check versus to suspect and, and leave it alone and let your ch child suffer in silence. Please don't let your child suffer in silence. Um, don't feel like you're too paranoid. And just realistically, as a parent, do the best you can do, but just know that every child is going to say something about their parent that they did or did not do messed them up some kind of way. But that's their own <laughs> burden to carry. It is not your fault. You're not a bad parent. Um, hang in there with your child and just really sit down and authentically listen to what they have to say. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that information. Listen, as we get ready to get out of here, we have about three minutes, but I wanted you to share with the listeners because you're you're more than just a therapist, right? I, I always say that, and that's not to demean you because, you know, that's one of the most important things that uh, that we can do is, you know, help people um, to improve their um, mental and, e and emotional well-being. But you're also a creative. So share with the listeners about your creative self. Oh, yeah. So I am one who loves all things, crafts, paints, crayons, color pencils. I keep construction paper. Um, I keep all of those things 
around me because I do feel that expressing yourself is important, it's essential, and however that is, if it be through dance, um, if it be through singing, and no one says you have to be good at it, just get joy from what you do. Find joy in those things just because of what they are. Um, I think that's super important to do and to remember it's a part of your self-care. Awesome. Oh, this is so awesome. I thank you so much, Jessica, for coming on here tonight and for, um, you know, sharing uh, with the listeners. You imparted, imparted words of wisdom, what I call wow. You gave them uh, wow moments uh, throughout uh, the broadcast tonight. Um, before we get out of here, though, I want to give you the opportunity to share your social media platforms. Um, and any, you know, website, anything that you would like uh, the listeners to know, um, give the listeners information for how they will be able to uh, connect with you. Okay, so you can find me on Facebook, and my page is Journey to Change Counseling Services, LLC. And so you can put that in the search bar and find me. I do live videos every Saturday to talk about random topics. Um, dealing with mental health, I like to find articles because I'm a person of knowledge. I like to define words. So if you like those types of things, you can come join me every Saturday at 3 p.m. for my live, um, talking about the subject for the, the week. And I also have Instagram at Journeys to Change Counseling, and it's a journey to the number two, Change Counseling. And you can also find me on Clubhouse, and that is Journey to Change Counseling as well. Awesome. Jessica has you all covered, guys. So if you need Jessica or you feel like your child may be able to benefit from her services, then please check her out at Journey to Change Counseling Services. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and WOW is all about it. So resources for you tonight, we've given you uh, Jessica here, Jessica Scott, um, Journey to Change uh, Counseling Services. You also have me, Marriage and Family Therapist. SiobhanGross.com is my website. You can follow me on Instagram and on Facebook at Siobhan Gross. Um, Chandra Albritton, LPC, Therapy Offices of Stephanie Hughes, Mocha Mental Magic, Psychology Today, Rally Up Magazine. These are all resources um, that, you can, um, that you can have at your disposal um, so that you can learn more. I would encourage you to go to these websites um, and um, just explore. Uh, and if you are just really struggling and you really want to, you're in uh, suicidal, uh, having suicidal ideation, or you're in an emotional distress, you can always call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. This is available 24-7. That number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, 1-800-273-8255. Listen, this is our time for the day. Thank you to the wonderful Jessica uh, Scott for coming on and sharing with us, imparting her knowledge um, to uh, the listening audience. Um, listen, guys, the Inner Strength of a Queen book is... Um, you can get your copy uh, at my website, SiobhanGross.com. You can also get it on Amazon.com, but I want you to get it from me. 
So visit SiobhanGross.com. And also, don't forget the Making Your Priority Luncheon, Lunch and Learn, that will be held on March the 27th. That's Friday at 12 noon. This is an in-person event. Find out more information at Eventbrite.com or on my website, SiobhanGross.com. Listen, guys, you know how we do it. We sign off, and we wish you a very good rest of the day, a wonderful weekend, and don't forget to wow. And by wow, I mean to wish only well all across the world. Goodbye.